Welcome to Starkville Church of God. This is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you, strengthens you, and fills you with God's love so you can share with others. Enjoy the message. Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. We'll look at two different portions of scripture in this chapter, verses 1 through 9, and then verses 18 through 23. Verses 1 through 9, and then verses 18 through 23. Matthew chapter 13. If I get somebody to grab the lights for me, Matthew chapter 13, 1 through 9, and then 18 through 23. And as you're getting there, I do want to try not to embarrass anybody or call anybody out. But you know, there's some, there's some very special things that fall on Sunday. And I just want to recognize in a day, in an hour where we've kind of lost the sanctity of marriage, I want to congratulate Brother Ernie, Sister Donna McKay for today's their 47th year anniversary. And so I'm thankful for that, sticking together for 47 years. So, you know, you young couples, if you want any advice after 47 years, I'm sure they can give you a lot of advice. And I'm sure it's it's not always easy, but there's dedication there. So I'm thankful for that today. Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 through 9 is where we're going to begin reading uh, this morning. Matthew 13, 1 through 9, then we'll jump to 18 through 23. There we go. Now you can see it. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large, large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. He who produced a crop a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. He who has ears, let him hear. Jump with me to verse 18 now. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The one who receives the seed that fell on the rocky places is the man who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since he has no root, he lasts only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, he quickly falls away. The one who received the seed that fell among the thorns is the man who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke it, making it unfruitful. But the one who received the seed that fell on good soil is the man who hears the word and understands it. He produces a crop yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. So this morning, I want to speak to you on the thought, what kind of dirt are you? What kind of dirt are you? Would you stretch your hands this way and pray for me as I do the same for you? Father, 
Thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the power that is in it. I pray, oh Lord, for every person under the sound of my voice. I pray, oh Lord, that they would be receptive to what you would say today. Let the seed of the word of God fall onto good ground. May it produce a hundredfold harvest in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I pray that you'd help me. Lord God, help me to preach your word. Give me clarity of thought, clarity of speech, Lord. Let me follow the leading of your spirit. Let the word of God be as the prophet Jeremiah said. Let it be like fire shut up in my bones here today. Anything good, anything wonderful, anything glorious that's done, we'll be careful to give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. As you're seated, turn around to four or five people, give them a fist bump, and ask them, what kind of dirt are you? Matthew in his gospel typically presents Jesus as a teacher, and much of his gospel consists of Jesus' teaching. We know that there are four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. When you study these gospel writers, some of you know the Lord did it for a purpose because he knows that we've got a lot of different people. We are a lot of different people. We've all got different ways, ways we learn, ways we think. We know that the gospel writer Luke, we know that he was a physician. And we find in his gospel that he liked to study the miracles. As a physician, he, he was fascinated, of course, more than others even more, of the healing miracles that Jesus would perform. But Matthew seemed to, to hone in on Jesus' teaching. Jesus taught, we know, a great deal of the time using parables. Ironically, Jesus tells this well-known parable about farming while in a fishing boat. Aren't you glad that Jesus knows it all? He's the master. He's the Lord of everything. Here he is. He's, he knows it all because he made it all. And so we find Jesus on this day, we find him getting in a fishing boat, knowing because he made the sound waves, he made how sound works. And so he knew that if he would get in this boat and push out a little bit, that he could use the water for the sound to be naturally amplified to the crowds that were there listening to him. We find that this is one of the few parables for which Jesus provides explicit interpretation. He goes into great detail unlike any other parable that he teaches, giving them the exact specific interpretation of these parables. If I were doing a series, I could stop and probably take a good bit because what we skipped in the middle, he talks about the reason that he used parables, but that's for another day. But he used these parables, and this parable specifically he used to explain how different people receive the Word. And Jesus here focuses on the dirt rather than the way the seed is sown. So very briefly, I'll scratch the surface of the seed itself. First of all, I believe that the seed could be sown in several different ways. First of all, it could be simply read. The person could be reading the Word of God, sitting reading, sitting by themselves in their devotional times and just simply reading the Word of God. It could be preached. You could be sitting somewhere. You could be listening to a preacher preach. It could be in person. It, you could be listening to a podcast. You could be watching it on the Internet or on television. 
translation, however you do it, you, were, you could be listening to the Word of God preached. It could be taught in a parable or in an illustrated sermon, just as Jesus here is teaching in parables. It could even be listened to by someone reading in person. In the book of Nehemiah, we find that the scribe Ezra stood upon a pulpit of wood, and he read from morning until noon. That scripture's often fascinated me, and, it, and it's made me just kind of the, I don't know, just kind of how I am sometimes. I've often wondered how many people would show up. Read that sometime. Israel came, and they, they were there from morning until lunch, and, and Ezra the scribe simply read the Word of God. I wonder how many people would show up if I said, hey, next Saturday, would you show up here in the sanctuary? And from 8 o'clock in the morning until noon, all I'm going to do is just stand up here and read the Word of God. No, no explanations. I'm not going to give any stories or illustrations. I'm going to just simply read the Word of God. You could hear it read. It could be on. Look, I'm going to take us way back. I had a few this morning that still did. How many of you still, you got Bible on cassette somewhere? Come on. Anybody? Anybody? Nobody in this service has still got. Y'all done thrown the cassette away. What about CDs? Anybody still got any Bibles on? See, there we go. I see a few hands. So you got Bible on CDs. And all of us now have access online through an app or some way you can listen to it uh, through an MP3 or some other WAV, some other type of digital version. You could be listening to it that way. Uh, this morning, again, the, the focus is not on how the seed is sown, but rather it's on the dirt that received the seed. So to begin to understand this we must first understand a principle of farming and this time that Jesus was teaching. I don't know if you know that's why it's important when we study the Word of God to study, well, how did things work in the time that this was going on? And so let's see, if you're a note taker, number one, we look at ancient Near Eastern farmers sowed first and then Plowed. Now, that's backwards from the way we are modern-day farming. Now, most of the time, I've asked this in several different sermons because the Word of God talks about fruit and gardening and is used a lot. And so, how many of you here, you plant a garden? Anybody here, you ever plant a garden? Any of us? There we go. So, if you plant a garden, most of the time in modern times, what do you do? First thing you do is in the springtime when it starts getting, it gets dry enough, warm enough, you're going to get out there if you got a track. You're going to get a tractor. If you if you got a tiller or whatever you got, you're going to get out there and you're going to break up the ground than if you want to row it up or however you want to do it. But back in this time when Jesus was teaching this, that's not how they did it. First, they would sow the seed and then they would plow the seed under. And so many times we focus on the pre-word, but we neglect the post-word. So think about this. You know, we come in here today, and I hope that as you are on your way, maybe, maybe perhaps on your way in the car somewhere, maybe this morning, you prayed and said, Lord, I, I pray that you just give us a good service today. I ask that you just be in the room. I ask that you'd be with our pastor. He's not the best, but he's the best we 
got. And so would you just help him a little bit as he preaches? And then we come in, and the worship team, they've, they've, they've already practiced. And at this point, they've already been through one service. And they come, and they lead us in worship. Our sound and media team, they've been here, and they've got everything ready. And so we worship together. We lift our hands. We worship God and sing. And we get to this point, and we feel the Spirit of the Lord in the place. And the pastor gets to preaching, and the Word of God goes forth. And then what happens? Well, especially in this service, when we close out about 12, 15, everybody, we say amen. The, the announcement video quits. We say amen, and everybody's like, where are we going to eat? <laughs> and suddenly, we forget all about what in the world did the preacher preach today anyway? Now, I'm not saying you got to just stop and stay here for 30 minutes, but, you know, I am encouraging us. What are we doing with it? Me too when I hear preaching. Do we ever stop? Do we ever reflect on it? Do we ever think about it? But here we find that Jesus is teaching us, you know, don't just be worried about the pre-word, but worry about the post-word because that's really what this whole parable is about, is about the post-word after the seed has been sown. So Jesus describes four souls or four dirt representing people receiving the word. Are you ready? Number one that he talks about is he says the path. Everybody say the path. Oh, come on now. Y'all are usually more lively than the nine o'clock, but y'all are way, they were way more active today. Come on, somebody say the path. There we go. Look at verse four with me. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. We find that Jesus in his description, as we read over there, beginning in verse 18, we find that Jesus describes and gives us the explanation for this, that this lack of harvest is caused by the lack of understanding. In other words, they heard it, but they did not understand it, and then they did nothing to try to gain understanding of it, so it was stolen from them. Many times we'll hear the word preached or we'll read something and we don't understand it. And we feel like, you know what, there's something there that I need. But many times we don't take the time to really try to understand what the Lord is saying to us. And it allows the enemy to come in and to steal it from us. That's why David said, his word will I hide in my heart that I might not sin against God. I I believe when he hit it, he basically covered it with dirt. He said, I'm going to put it in here. I'm going to meditate on it. I'm going to study it. I'm going to try my best to understand it and prevent it from being stolen by the enemy. And you know, today we've got so many things to help us to understand. The first one's been here for quite a while, almost 2,000 years now. The best thing that we have to help us understand the Word is the author of the Word and that's the Holy Spirit. You see, we've got the help of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says He will teach us. He will lead us into all truth. When you begin to read the Word, you know, I try my best. When I sit down to read the Word, I try to pray just a little prayer and say, Lord, I pray through the help of the Holy Spirit that you would help me to understand what you are wanting to say to me through your Word. Can I tell you, there's no better teacher to teach you about the Word than the very Spirit that came on those men of old, when they wrote this thing down, the Spirit will help you understand. But not only do we have the Holy Spirit, 
We've got commentaries. You know, used to in the old days, the only one that, that had the commentaries were either, you were either like the adult Sunday school teacher or the pastor because books were so expensive and hard to come by. But nowadays, everything is online. You know, every single one of us, whether you're a pastor or a theologian or have a doctorate uh, in theology, or if you're just a, uh, an everyday person, if so many things are available to us online. There are commentaries. There are new translations that are available. I know sometimes it's hard to understand the King James. Now, I've not met a person yet that, that actually in their, in their regular natural vernacular talks in King James. I don't ever meet anybody and they say, therefore, pastor, how art thou today? Nobody says, so sometimes it's hard to understand. And so, therefore, we've got translations that will help us, newer translations that can help us, as well as study Bibles. How many of you got a study Bible available to you that's got notes up under many of those verses that will help us to do? You say, well, Pastor, that sounds like a little bit of work. Absolutely it is. But God is saying to us, Jesus through this, he's saying to us, those on the path that lose the harvest from the seed is because it falls and they don't understand it, and they don't take the time to understand it and cover it up, and it allows the enemy to come in and steal it from them. So that's the path. What's the second kind of dirt that Jesus describes? Well, the second kind of dirt is rocky places. Everybody say rocky places. Look at verses 5 and 6. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. You see, we find that this group, those that would be considered the rocky places, they received it, they understood it, but they did not get rooted in it. You see, we must get rooted in the Word and in our faith. You see, the seed must get covered in dirt, but it also must eventually get roots. It needs to go down into the deep parts of our lives. It doesn't need to just be a shallow thing in our life. The Word of God can't just be a Sunday morning thing for us. It needs to be able to reach down into the deepest places of who we are. You see, we find that in the rocky places, when the heat was turned up, the plant died because it was shallow. Unfortunately, we have got so many shallow Christians today. They don't know the Word, really. They don't really know what they believe, and I refer to them many times as shooting stars. Unfortunately, I've seen them in the church for so many years. They'll come in. The Bible said it. Jesus said it. He said they receive the Word, they understand the Word, and believe the Word, and they begin to grow, but they never put down roots, and they never get established, and the first time that the enemy turns up the heat in their life, they are done. I 
I hate to see it. I hate to see it when people come into church and they get on fire for God and they're just burning hot and they burn the candle at both ends and before you know it, they're burned out and back in the world. I need us to understand the day. God wants us to put down some roots. He wants this thing to get deep into our hearts and deep into our lives. You see, you need a prayer life. You need to become more than just a baby-like Christian. Paul said it. He said, a lot of you, you're just on the milk of the Word. You just want the basics. Listen, it's good. It's good to know that God has a plan for you. It's good to know John 3.16, but you need to go deeper than that after a while. You can't just keep drinking milk. You need the meat of the Word to grow roots in your life. Get rooted. Amen. That's all right. Give God praise. That's why I believe it's important to get in and be a part of a church family. Get around some older folks that's been in this thing a little while. Get some advice from them. Hear some stories from them. I'm going to tell you something. People don't like to do this as a bad word. This almost, this has become labeled as unspiritual by some circles. No doctrine. Know what you believe. Know what the Word of God says. Because I'm going to tell you, if you don't know what you believe, if you don't know what this says, then somebody else is going to come along and lie to you, and you're going to believe the lie. i got to keep moving on. The next dirt that we find, the third one, is this. Those that fell among the thorns. Say, fell among the thorns. Verse 7. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. So we find that the worries of life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the life out of those that are considered the thorns. The rocky places represented troubles that come because of the world and persecuting their faith. But this here, the thorns, is representing problems of life that come to any living person, Christian or non-Christian. Can I tell you whether you're a Christian or not, you're going to have to pay bills. Tuesday, I was getting ready. I was trying to make a little bit of chili, trying to get ready for trunk or treat, and I get a call from Jamie. She said, the car won't start. And so I had to get in the van. I went to the high school. I jumped it off, and I said, you go in the van and go home and get ready, and I've got to go and buy a battery. Can I just tell you, they're not giving those things away. I don't know if you bought a car battery lately, but they, like everything else, they are extremely high. But can I tell you, that's just part of life. It's part of driving a vehicle. It's just plain old life stuff that you're going to have to deal with sometimes. Sometimes there's sickness. There's sickness going around everywhere. There's been people here that's, that's had the flu, that's had the strep, that's had bronchitis. I got a text this morning in one of those text groups of pastors, even way down in South Mississippi. They got flu and they got strep going around everywhere. Listen, that's just part of living in this fallen world. We live in a world where people get sick. You're going to face sickness. You're going to have family problems sometimes. You know what? The 9 o'clock got quiet at this part also. But every single one of us is going to have family problems sometimes. Here we come. We are rushing up on the holiday season. Now, please, I'm not taking Christ out of Christmas. I can I lump the whole thing. Once we start hitting November, we Thanksgiving, we Christmas, we're New Year. So when I say this holiday, see this next two months, you about to start, some of y'all about to start seeing family more than you do any other time of the year. And everybody, every once in a while, has family trouble. 
And every marriage, every husband, their wife's going to get on their nerves sometimes. And every wife, their husband's going to get on their nerves sometimes. I'm going to have a testimony service one of these days for some of these folks that have been married a long time just to reassure some of us that, hey, ain't no man. Don't you go by the Hallmark Channel. Don't you go by social media. Everybody, you're just going to have some issues sometimes. That's life. You're going to have trouble at work. Sometimes you're going to have a coworker that you've got to drag their lazy butt with you. They won't do nothing. You got to make up the slack for them. Sometimes you got a boss that they, they are on your case. You're doing all that you can. Listen, what is this? This is just the normal troubles of life. When it talks about that that fell among the thorns, the troubles of life, that normal thing, that's what Jesus is saying. It says sometimes the word of God will fall. It'll get on this dirt and the thorn, it'll grow. But you people will allow just regular life junk to just suck the life out of their faith and out of their harvest. Folks, can I? I just tell you, sometimes life is hard. Sometimes we're going to face some things, but don't let it choke the life out of your faith. Also, this falling among thorns, not only did he say it was the worries of life, but he said the deceitfulness of wealth. And I don't think there's probably any other time or any other place like America right now where we have been so deceived by wealth. Will sacrifice God, family, and self to achieve certain financial goals. We have the deceitfulness that's been peddled to us of the American lifestyle. We've been painted this picture by television and really now moved on more to social media. Hollywood has tried to make you think that you should be like them and you should try to strive to be like them. Can I just tell you, the sad part is we fall for that garbage and then we look at their lives and we see how miserable they really are. We see the struggles that they have to go through. We see the, the, the torment that the enemy places on their life. Can I tell you something? You may become, I'm going to date myself here, and if you don't know it, you just got to go Google it. You may be as rich as Uncle Scrooge, and you may be able to go out to your money bin like he does on DuckTales and just swim in your gold that you've got so much money. But can I tell you, without Jesus, you will never be happy. You will always be miserable. The only way that you can truly find joy in your life is through Jesus. The deceitfulness of wealth choked the life out of them. People do everything but church, prayer, and the Word. Well, Pastor, you know what? We've, we've really got this important thing that we have to do. We've really got something. I'm sorry we can't come to church. We've got, we've got something. This comes first. People push their children in every different direction. Baseball, basketball, band, football, softball, track, chess club, French club, Spanish club, FBLA, FFA, VICA, hockey, soccer, tennis, every other kind, basket weaving club, anything that you can think of. And that becomes pushed on them because why? We got to get scholarships and we got to have a good resume and we got to do this and we got to do that. And we send them, we say, Pastor, I'm sorry. And really what we're saying is, God, I'm sorry. Your house and what you say just has to come second because we've got to achieve this certain status. But how much I continue to hear 
I've seen it personally, and I heard it just, I can't even remember who it was, somebody that was their first, one of their first missions trips, and they went over, and they, I believe maybe it was the, the men's basketball team, and one of them said that they realized, and they saw all these people that had so little, but yet they even seemed so much happier than us. When it comes to us and what we think is happiness and our lifestyle, they have so little. They have nothing almost. But for some reason, they seem to have more joy than we do. Why? Because we can become that dirt, the dirt of those seeds that fell among the thorns. And we let the cares of life, we let the deceitfulness of riches choke the life out of our harvest. And then we find finally that fourth kind of dirt. And that's the dirt that we should strive to be. And that's the good dirt. Everybody say the good dirt. We find according to the Lord Jesus when he talks about this. Verse 8. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Now I pray that. I try to pray that nearly every time I get up to preach. And it's not just something, now maybe some of y'all are seeing, it's not just something that I thought that'd be just kind of a neat idea that I heard somewhere. That's the Word of God. When I get up and I pray and I pray over you and I say, when the Word of God goes forth, I, pr I pray that it would produce a hundredfold harvest. You know what I'm praying? That you be good dirt. When I hear somebody preach, I want to be good dirt. When I read the book, I want to be good dirt. I want to receive it. What does he say about that? That those that receive it, the one who receives the seed that fell on good soil, soil verse 23, he, under, he hears it and he understands it, verse 23. Even when you don't feel like it sometimes, even when you'd rather just sleep in and you don't want to get up and read your Bible or you'd rather go ahead and go to sleep and you don't want to read your Bible, sometimes it takes a little something called discipline and you got to make sure that you hear the Word of God. Even when you'd rather just sleep in, even when you'd rather just go ahead and go do something else than be here at church, but you make sure that you hear what the Word of God has to say to you. So to be good ground, first of all, you got to make sure you're hearing it and then you got to understand it. And sometimes, as I've already said, sometimes that takes a little bit of effort to understand it. Sometimes it's funny. It's funny. I, always, I, had, a, I had a member up in Bethalto, Illinois, when we were up there. He was originally from Arkansas. And when I got there, he said, well, I'm glad I, can, I finally got a pastor I don't have, a, have to have a translator for. You speak Southern. Then I had the opposite. Some of them, some of the phrases and some things every once in a while that I'll use, they didn't know what in the world I was talking about. Sometimes, listen, sometimes it, make, it takes an effort to understand. Sometimes you're going to have to take notes. You're going to have to say, you know what, I'm going to go back and I will. Listen, here, I don't ever, and I think you know this, I've said this, I'm going to say it again. I don't ever want you to take mine or just any other preacher's word at face value. I challenge you every time I preach, you take notes, you write it down, and I challenge you to get into the book and see if I'm preaching to you the word of God or not. I don't, I'm not trying to get up here and trying to pull nothing over your eyes. I'm trying to get up here and say, Lord, take the blinders off their eyes and let them see what your word has to say to them. And some days you may leave here and you may have to say, you know what, Lord? I want you to write it down. Go home and study it. Go home and get a commentary. Go home and ask the Holy Spirit to help you understand it a little bit better. Sometimes to be the good ground, it's going to take a little bit of effort. 
to understand what the Word is saying. And then, when you do, the other three, the first got stolen by the birds, the enemy. The second dried up when the heat was turned up. The third got choked out by those thorns, by the cares of life, and by the deceitfulness of riches. But the good ground grows, is rooted, and does what? Produces fruit. Produces a harvest. Why are we doing, why do we do this over and over and over again? Because I believe that when the seed of the word goes forth, something's going to happen. Here's the good thing. Now, listen, if you, when, when I walked out here, most of y'all know Brother Billy Smith. He always plants a garden, and he says, when, you, when I hear that, that sermon preached on that part, I think about my garden, I think about different things. Listen, if you've ever, the, there, it's possible in the natural, it's possible to get a hold of some bad seed. It is. Sometimes you can go, you can go to the co-op, and you can get you some seed, and sometimes you'll get some bad seed. I'm sure Lee can probably testify that he's, he's gotten shrubs and different bushes. He's gotten some bad ones before that he's had to go back and he's had to replant before because they were bad. Here's the good news about this seed. You're never gonna, there's never going to be a time where this seed goes bad. The seed, you don't have to be responsible for the seed. The seed is always going to be good. That's why the Lord said in Isaiah, he said, My word will not return void, but it will accomplish that which has been set forth to do. The seed is already provided. Can I tell you, that's a huge part of producing a crop. That's an expensive part if you're trying to grow cotton, if you're trying to grow soybeans, if you're trying to grow corn, if you're trying to grow sweet potatoes, no matter, tomatoes, cucumbers, whatever you're trying to grow, you've got to have a seed. And the seed, you go to the co-op, they're not just giving that away either. You've got to pay for it. But here's the good news. The seed is already provided. The seed is always perfect. The seed has been paid for by Jesus Christ and his shed blood on Calvary. You don't have to be responsible for the seed You've just got to be responsible to make sure that the dirt is in the place that it needs to be. Stand with me, if you will, please, this morning. You know, I say I ask you this, and it's in it's it's my title, and I ask you, what kind of dirt are you? So I challenge you for just a second. Think about that. Are you the path? Do you just receive something and you know it's good, but you just don't take the time to understand it and to cover it, and then the enemy takes it from you? You know, I had someone just this morning tell me, Wednesday night, Pastor Don Hooper preached a powerful message. I had someone come to me this morning and say, you know, I... I it was a good message, and I should have came up when he gave the altar response, but I didn't. How many times has that happened to us before? Are you the path? Are you the rocky place? You receive it, understand it. it starts growing up. When the heat gets turned up, you just the roots aren't down deep enough. Dear Lord, I'm telling y'all, in this last day that we're living in, we got to have some roots. In this time where the heat's getting turned up and the world's going crazier and the spirit of Antichrist is growing more and more and more, we got to be some folks that have got some deep, deep roots. 
in our faith. Are you the dirt that fell among the thorns? That you received it, even started growing. Troubles in life, financial troubles, sickness, family trouble, whatever it may have been, life trouble got to you, choked the life out of you. Maybe the deceitfulness of wealth, you found yourself just completely being focused on achieving the American dream, on making money, over making a name for yourself, over doing all of these things, and you found yourself being deceived by it by pushing aside the things of the Lord. But our focus and our goal is to be good ground. That when the seed, the perfect seed of the Word of God goes forth, that we hear it, we understand it, and it produces fruit in our lives. So this morning, my question to you is, do you want to be good ground for the seed of the Word? Is it your desire to say, Lord, I want to be good ground? When the Word goes forth, when I read it, when I hear it preached, no matter what, however it comes, I want to be good ground for the Word of God. Would you slip up your hand if that's you? You say, I want to be good ground. I want to be good ground. I want to receive what the Lord has for me. Now, would you put both of those hands up in the air right now? And can we just begin to pray right now that the Lord would help us to be good ground? Father, in Jesus' mighty name right now, I know that it's human nature. Every single one of us at times, Lord, we've, we've got, the, we have the tendency, Lord, where none of us are perfect. And sometimes we find ourselves, we find ourselves, Lord, in a lack of understanding. Lord, we don't take the time and we don't study it and we don't understand it and we let the enemy steal it from us. And sometimes we find ourselves, we find ourselves being the rocky place. Oh, we get excited about it. We get, we receive it. We understand it. We're excited about it, but it don't last too long because when the heat gets turned up, it dries up. Lord, and sometimes, sometimes we, we're, we're the thorny places. Sometimes the trials of life, just regular stuff, just, just begins to choke us like those thorns. And sometimes it's the deceitfulness of riches. Sometimes it's the pursuit of wealth and the American dream that chokes the life out of us. But Lord, I pray that you'd help every single one of us, starting with a preacher, to be good ground. Help us to be good ground. Thank you that the seed is perfect. One thing we don't have to worry about is the seed. The seed is perfect. The seed is wonderful. The seed's never going anywhere. But Lord, help us to be the good ground. That after the seed goes forth, that we would make sure that we're listening, that we hear it. And that we're understanding it. It takes work, I know, sometimes. It takes effort sometimes. But I pray that we would put it in, that, Lord, we put in the work, that we put in the, the discipline that we need to be able to receive and understand the word of the living God. Help us to be good ground, O oh Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. As they begin to sing right now, would you just continue to seek the Lord and say, Lord, I want to be good ground. Would you do that? Just tell him that, Lord, I want to be good ground right now. 
I want to be good ground in Jesus' mighty name. I want to receive what you have for me. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening to our podcast. To find out more about us, follow us on social media at StarkvilleCOG. Special thanks to those who generously support this ministry. If you would like to give, visit us at StarkvilleCOG.com forward slash give. And if you've enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week.